So, hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil. I'll tell you what, tornadoes, you know this, they can do some really wacky things. And we're going to be talking about it with researcher and storm chaser Cameron Nixon. We're also going to be playing some artificial intelligence and bringing some new weather fools. It's all on Stormfront Freaks Live! Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Hey, so welcome to the most entertaining weather show. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks. We are live, and we're brought to you by the AMS Weather Band. I'll tell you what, join the AMS Weather Band. Uh, it's American Meteorological Society's um, really connection to thousands of weather enthusiasts. They actually just got done, I know, with the uh, with their conference, which which looked amazing. I was following it on social media. Um, but you can connect with all these enthusiasts and professionals for just... $12 a year, and while you're at it, take part in their Jamposium. So this is what's coming up and is kind of exciting. We've got February 29th and March 1st. They're discussing topics like citizen science, and we all know the April solar eclipse that's coming up. Uh, you can get started at amsweatherband.org. Uh, we also want to thank all of our Patreon members. They're all scrolling along the bottom of our screen right now. We love you all. Um, you can also help us support the show. We've got new EF5 member Jody Harris. So uh, welcome Jody to the group. You can join our team as well. You get access to exclusive Facebook group. Uh, we've got over 50 of our past guests there. Uh, Cameron hopefully will be joining us here uh, after the show as well. We've got a number of tiers, including some with exclusive merchandise. And you can help support our show and join the team for as little as $5 a month. So find so out more my, details. Is that my mom? Is that the same Jody Harris? Like, did, did Might she be. say that? I shouldn't okay. say, but maybe she, it's just she, a coincidence. I don't she know. liked you um, enough to join the Patreon group. Finally, uh, after get, what get, seven years? Really? Yeah. What's taking her so long? <laughs> uh, just go to stormfrontfreaks.com and and you can join the team as well. Hey, I also want to say so. This is the weekend for the National Storm Chaser Summit. Uh, so anybody that happens to be tuning in there at the summit, uh, let us know, uh, jump on the chat, say hi, but hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, I'm going to introduce the co-hosts that are with us tonight. Uh, it's always happy hour every time we record the show. I kind of forgot to tell Cameron, I forgot to tell you it was happy hour. Hope you brought something. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it gives us a chance to introduce our co-hosts, uh, put a, a, a voice to that name and also let you know we like to have fun. We got a really smart dude on tonight, and uh, but we're, we're going to try and keep it like even keel so everybody can figure out what he's talking about. We've got Mark Masmasaro, our former on-camera meteorologist. Maz, what what are you uh, drinking tonight? So I it it says it says Powerade Zero Grape, and it is. But if you drink some of it and then you add Bacardi. It's a whole new level of fun. I'm just saying. yeah, I'm hydrated. I'm good. That's good stuff. We we have uh, we it have is. Gatorade and vodka on our fishing trip yeah. every year. It's really smart. That's like smart drinking. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Stay hydrated. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, Brady Harris. Upgraded anyway. Yeah. Brady Harris, our atmospheric science graduate. Brady, what? Uh, I love your background, but what are you drinking? You know, I'm drinking a little red wine, and, and let's hope this background holds, because so far I've been lagging uncontrollably with this new green screen behind me. So let's see if it holds. Hey, move move off to your left or right just a little bit so we can see who's really st center stage there. 
<laughs> yep. So that is the uh, that that was the uh, mothership supercell that we uh, intercepted out uh, when we had the storm chasing trip uh, last year, and that was yeah. I think that was at Tucumcari, Tucumcari, New Mexico is where that was. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, check the same thing, right? Hey, check your microphone. I don't think your microphone is set up right. But all right, That's Greg Johnson, our storm chaser photographer. Uh, Greg, what do you got? Phil, I'm so disappointed. I'm on the road. I don't have my mic. Uh, I'm drinking like a Coke Zero. Uh, it's it's not a typical storm front freaks, but I couldn't miss it. I couldn't uh, I couldn't take off tonight because I'm just so damn excited to talk to our guest tonight. As we all are. So I know we got MJ's running the show in the back. Uh, it's good to have him back. And we have Angela and Garrett with us. I see Angela's cat is is back in the green room with her as well. Um, but let's do this, Mads. We, we're all excited about Cameron tonight. Let's, uh, let's bring him on. Me too. Hey, Cameron Nixon is a research scientist, a storm chaser, photographer. I've even heard genius rolled around in the in the room and stuff, so just letting you know. Following his experience on the April 9th, 2015, he discovered his purpose to better understand these storms. Now, he recently graduated with a PhD, told you he was smart, in earth and ecosystem science from Central Michigan University in 2023. Cameron has in a relatively short time, risen in the community as a wizard in reading and educating on photographs and studying deviant tornadoes. Now, Cameron, I thought all tornadoes were deviant, but you must have a different definition. Yeah, good question. And, you know, I I appreciate it. You did some digging there with that, that Rochelle day. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's an important day for me because I think that was like my origin story. And as I just found out, Brady and I went to the same uh, undergrad and I, yeah, I initially wanted to be on uh, broadcast and that day changed my life. So I'm, brought, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, good question about those those tornadoes, though. And I, I think, you know, like like you hear just like colloquialisms that like, you know, I don't know which way this tornado is going to move and like tornadoes move in, in really weird ways. And interestingly, there's there's a few um, uh, kind of steady things that govern tornado motion. And up till now, we've kind of just assumed that like their parent storms, right, the supercell, um, is what's governing their motion. Uh, once the supercell produces a tornado, that tornado is just going to move with that supercell, and that's how like the National Weather Service draws their warning polygons. Um, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So like. What happens then, though, is you get a day, um, like I'll pick on last year with that that Cole Ottawa day, um, central Oklahoma. Then, of course, you have more like notorious days like Greensburg back in 07 um, or 05. You have um, El Reno, obviously, you're, you're really, really highly deviant tornadoes. And like what, um, what I was trying to figure out was that like it seemed I was pouring through all this data. I was looking at days like the Greensburg day, and it seemed to me that these tornadoes, their paths were very like continuous and repeatable. And like not one tornado did this, but all tornadoes did this. And they they kept going in the same direction, almost like they're kind of like pulled like, like a magnet, like up north. Like, why are they all going north? Like, what's the thing scooting them all north? Um, and so that's when I really first started getting into photographs. Um was through trying to figure out like what was what was that direction on the photograph that was pointed north and well i 
figured out in the end that it was just the storm relative wind from that from that photograph. Um, so it's it's that that wind in the low levels of the atmosphere, that low level jet um, that kind of scoots these tornadoes out from underneath the supercell. Once the supercell's done with them, they kind of just drop them, and then they're left to just like flow uh, with the low level wind. And it, it sounds really easy, right? Like the tornadoes move with the wind, but like <laughs> it really wasn't something that had been investigated. In Cameron, in in, uh, in uh, 2016, the Dodge yeah. City Day. Yeah. Uh, were Were you around on that day? Like, were you chasing in the area? I was chasing in Colorado that day, and I had a great oh, good time for you! Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations! So, yeah. I mean, listen, like I think that's a great day as an example where yeah. uh, the first three tornadoes that day were all going literally straight north, yeah. and I think most storm chasers position themselves east of those storms, thinking, yeah. "Hey, the storm's moving northeast; the the tornado is going to move towards us." And the first three tornadoes literally went north, and then actually curled northwest yeah and yeah. and and away from from the chasers it was it was and is that what you are talking about when you're talking about deviant storm motion like or can we even consider that deviant motion if it's happening all the time <laughs> that's a really good question yeah no i um so there, there's a lot of different ways that tornadoes can deviate and like one one thing that i really didn't get into is like a, a rightward deviation Kind of like the El Reno day where your tornado starts and starts pulling like due south. south. Yeah. Um, so that's completely out of the cards. But what I looked at were all days that had kind of a leftward deviation. So I think um, that that day was in my data set. It had to have been. Um, yeah. Because like, and once you, basically what we did is we, we compared the paths of these tornadoes with the paths of their parent supercells. And like, we noticed that some of these cases, like um, Dodge City, these tornadoes started deviating even before you could even, like, like as soon as they were born. So, like, you had no warning. Like, as a chaser, as a, a warning forecaster, you had zero warning that these tornadoes were not going to follow that supercell motion and instead go do more. Okay, so with your research then, when you say zero warning, do you mean zero warning based on what we believe and how we believe they should be operating or was there in the information that you've gleaned from the photographs is there information there that should have told us or could tell us when we're going to have that deviant motion yes really good question so let, let's uh, envision you're behind the warning desk right and there's 80 million things going on at once like this this is just another paper on the pile of like what you have to do that day um, and a supercell goes up, right? And the radar is going to have its, its little like object tracker on there. Hey, that supercell is moving northeast or east or something. That right. This is what the weather service has. Um, so then they're going to see that supercell motion. They're going to see it start producing a tornado. They're going to draw a warning polygon that follows that supercell's motion. I'm not sure that that, that is or isn't what happened at Dodge City. My memory's foggy. But what what we're saying now is that um, some of these supercells can produce tornadoes that immediately start deviating. Like, like, like sometimes a tornado will initially start following the supercells motion and, and kind of fake out and then immediately just go due north. So like you have a little bit of warning before this happens. Um, but in the case of Dodge City, they just immediately started booking up north. Right, right, right. That, that's so what's you, really hard to anticipate. You said some. Like a couple of times. I mean, like, what are you talking? Like, do you have a percentage or a range of percentage of times they become deviant or 
I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm going to try to pull this statistic out of my head. Um, you can fact check me if you look up the Deviant Tornadoes paper that I wrote, but it was something like 20 to 25% of supercells um, that produced Deviant Tornadoes produced them immediately upon formation. Um, I can't tell you the, the percentage of supercells that produce Deviant Tornadoes versus those that don't, um, but I can tell you that amongst those deviators, um, there's a pretty large quantity um, that produce them without any warning. So you've been called the genius. You've been called the wizard. You've been so. called lots of things. All right. So you, you're you're a smart guy. We have a full spectrum range of people that are watching and listening to us. Go ahead for the brand newer people. Tell us what a hodograph is. Yeah. yeah really good question. So I. I, you know, like I had studied them in school before I went on this, this big spiel. Um, and I, I didn't really know how it was useful to me. Um, and I think this, this deviant tornadoes thing was the first thing that taught me, Hey, this, I'm a very visual person. I'm a visual learner. I, I don't do the mathematics. <laughs> My friend's going to test to that. And I, um, the, the photograph really helped me because it was a very visual way of seeing all these processes happen. Um, so what the photograph is, is just a, a plot of the wind at different heights. Um, so if you look up a picture of a photograph right now, you'll see kind of like a, a loopy curved shape. Um, and that, that shape is traced out as we look at winds in the different levels. So if we look at the surface, we might have a um, southeast wind. Um, if we look at kind of the mid-levels, we might have a south wind, et cetera. And it, it, it changes directions as we go up. Um, and it might change speed as we go up, too. Um, so the fascinating part about photographs is that it could tell you, A, what the winds are at every level of the atmosphere, but also, B, what winds the storm is feeling at every level of the atmosphere. Um, because we look at the storm relative sense. Imagine it's, it's, a, it's a calm day and you're um, sitting still in your car. You feel no wind. And now let's say you start booking it at 60 miles per hour, you're going to feel a lot of wind, even though it's calm. There we go. That's a photograph. Um, and, and so I think this case was even a storm relative photograph um, where you have your storm motion at that dot in the middle. So that dot is you cruising at 60 miles per hour down the highway. And those arrows there, those red arrows, are what you are feeling, what winds you're feeling at each level. And that's what really matters when we're forecasting supercells and other storms. Okay, so two part two part question, Camp. Um, so, like as a, as a storm chaser, uh, you know, it's the 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 morning of the storm, let's say, or maybe if it's maybe it's even the the day before the storm, and and I'm looking at a forecast photograph. So I'm I'm picking a point on the map uh, to pull up that uh, uh, that that uh, that forecast. Sure. Um, the first part of the question is how far ahead of that storm and, and that, that forecast plot on the map do you feel confident in what that information that we're getting from the models? Like at what point do you go, I can trust this versus this is like ridiculous. This is never going to happen. You, you know what I mean? Because we've all seen those photographs. I mean, there's a lot of storm chasers, uh, me included. I'm just, I'm just clicking around the map till I find a PDS sounding and then going, ah, that's where we're going. Right. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. And the thing I'll tell you is that it's all relative. Um, 
right uh, everything's relative <laughs> but um no pun intended but what um what you have to think about is are we dealing with say a high stakes broad warm sector synoptic like um southeast us tornado outbreak day or are we dealing dealing with a really subtle mesoscale day like in central kansas where you're near kind of a triple point and the winds are backed um and when we're dealing with the second one things get a lot more complicated and sensitive to all sorts of things models just not figuring out where the triple point's going to be models underdoing the low level jet etc so on on these big days like before honestly most southeast events um the photographs are usually pretty representative and you can you can like how far in advance though even five days out okay oh yeah yeah like looking at at some kind of gfs output like you're you can you can uh gain the intuition that there's going to be really strong low-level shear and then a lot of veering above that right it's it's consistent but a lot of times on the planes like you can your photographs can be different enough um, that they could really affect storm behavior differently than you thought, even, you know, 12, 15 hours in advance. Okay, um, so, so I've I've seen you uh, speak about photographs before, at least, you know, watch some videos and, and stuff. And you've talked in the past about how it's not just about going to the 6 p.m. sounding yeah. and, and, and picking the spot, but rather looking at what that location is doing throughout the day so that you can be there at the right time. And it might be 5 p.m., might be 7 p.m., but it doesn't have to all all day be the spot. It's about mm-hmm. uh, going to that spot at the right time. And so yeah. how do you, like, I mean, I just, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how, like, Phil, I remember you saying uh, uh, last year when we were chasing what we need to do is track down Cam Nixon, put one of those GPS trackers on his vehicle, <laughs> and just know. and just and yep. just follow him all freaking day yep. because you know that's a, a way better way to to see tornadoes than to try to forecast. Like, <laughs> like how how are you, like how like tell us a little bit more that's about fair. that sort of progression through the day, and then I'll get off the hodograph topic. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say um, the, the year I had last year, I'm not sure he would have wanted to be out by my side. <laughs> so, but no, I um, so I, I had this problem in mind, right? Like this is something that a lot of people had asked me. This is something that I had pondered, like how useful is a photograph really? And I think what really helped with this is I'll shamelessly plug the little um, photograph map that I made for um, COD. Uh, Pivotal actually took theirs and and, and ran with it, um, and then uh, SPC. And if you look at the photograph map and look at it consistently, right? So like look at it at the the twelve Z run, the thirteen Z run, the fourteen Z run, you're gonna see that over time you're gonna get a mental picture of what these photographs are supposed to look like on this day, and they're not gonna change that much. Like it's not gonna be like like the twelve Z run is gonna show you this shape, and the the fourteen is gonna show you that shape, like. It's they're going to be very consistent, um, but you need to like make sure that you're you're watching the photographs over time, seeing if there are any changes. Like you know, as as we get toward like the 15Z run, as a low level jet signal becoming a lot stronger, those are all things that you need to think about. But I, I think so- those best show the uncertainty over a given spatial area and over time. Okay, so one more question. I know where that was. Yeah. I said that was the last one. One no, more question. Sure. So, 
Uh, you're looking at the map. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're pulling up a plot on the map and you're pulling up that photograph and you're analyzing it. Are you personally always looking for the biggest, broadest loop? Like, are you always looking for that like classic, you know, almost like sickle shaped photograph? Or are you sometimes going like picking your target based on other things other than the photograph or is it strictly photograph chasing? <laughs> I've I have done all of those, Greg. Wow. So what worked? Yeah. What's the ticket, man? <laughs> it, it it depends. It, it depends on what you're chasing for. Like, um, really, you. Well, okay. One one short and sweet answer to this is to think about what a normal photograph is for that kind of setup. So let, let's say you're a Southeast chaser, right? You're chasing in like Mississippi or Alabama and you see a photograph with, you know, like 40 knots of zero to one shear, like that huge hump, like you're going to go chase it. But what happens if you see a photograph out there with like, you know, 10 knots of zero to one shear, maybe like, like 50 SRH or something, you're not going to want to chase that because that's, that's not what the Southeast is used to dealing with. Um, and I know this is a very simplified um, answer to this, but like, oh, really? Because you're pulling all kinds of acronyms out of your back pocket right now. <laughs> Smartest people do that, Phil. Come on, man. It's all about acronyms. Think yeah, COD is cash on delivery still, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. yeah we'll go with that. Oh. I, I know Greg's used it before. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but okay, well, so so you're saying if 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 the setup in Kansas, if the if it's producing photographs which are uncharacteristically good, that's a good thing. Same thing in the south southeast, right? If it's uncharacteristic, that's a good thing. Well, uncharacteristically good and bad. Oh, okay. um, I so I, I encourage you. There is a the U.S. Tornadoes case archive. I put on there for a reason because you know sometimes those those days where you'll get like these crazy maxed out parameter spaces like shear is absurd cape is ridiculous and like nothing happens mm. there, there's mm. also truth to it working the other way so if i see something that's so like out of the norm for kansas or out of the norm for like west texas or anything you know, maybe I'll chase it, but like I, I would I would have pause that like something's wrong here. So, some mm. part of the setup is not what we're used to dealing with here. Hey, so Curtis uh, up in Canada just said, so what storm relative felicity would you look for in Canada? Yeah, um, I, I don't know if yeah. you've chased up there much or pay much attention <laughs> to what goes on to our Greg neighbors in the north. Neighbor, oh yeah. No, man, like we're totally deferring to you, Doc. <laughs> but the fun fact I'll give here is that um, at least in our, so we didn't actually look at Canadian tornadoes. Um, so I'll, I'll give you that. But um, we did look at Northern Plains tornadoes. And we also, I do have a number of Canadian tornadoes in, in the, the case archive on U.S. tornadoes. Um, but something that Canada really doesn't do is low-level shear. Um, mm. which also means it doesn't really do SRH. You're, you're mainly looking for, for boundaries and other like supercell interactions and, and crazy stuff that might actually help you get a tornado even in a, a subpar environment. And a lot well, of that Cameron, is... I think, yes. 
Aren't they totally different in Canada anyway? I mean, Greg, you can attest to this. Aren't they even called like hodographs? <laughs> yeah. Know? And the tornadoes are a lot nicer up there too. Like they, yeah. you know, they kind of wave at yeah, you yeah, as they go by. Really super oh. polite, eh? <laughs> <laughs> They're just super polite, eh? <laughs> so Cameron, I, I got to know. So so for those that yeah. don't know, Cameron and I, we, uh, we were both in class uh, at Valparaiso. I was there for one year. Um, and you know, our grades might have been a little bit different. You might I was have like, What happened, grade. Brady? Yeah. He there's, might have, there's you know, Cameron it, and there's you, he, Brady's Cameron's got yeah. a PhD. you know, Brady's I'm honest, I, use, use cars you can talk me up, but don't talk no, yourself down, Brady. No, 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 when I left, when I left Valpo, Cameron, I, I, he, I knew he was going to be a star. To be honest, I thought, you know, with your voice and everything, I thought you're going to be a star on TV, on radio. Like, what I want to know, what, where was the pivot? Uh, that you said, you know what, I don't, I want to go in because, you know, TV and research are two different, completely different things. Where was that pivot? What, what was, what caused you to, to go towards research and how, you know, have you looked back and think, man, you know, I love to do anything broadcast or is it, you know, research is my thing now? Yeah. Um, well, it was Rochelle day. <laughs> it was absolutely Rochelle day. And, um, you know, Vusit went out that day. I don't know if you're still in Valpo by then or if you you left earlier. Yeah. Well, we so I I was there for 2013. So we got that high risk day that we were all up yeah. on the roof. Of course, we were all up on the roof of the weather center. That was uh, but yeah, yeah that, that was great. Yeah. No, and um yeah, so April 9th, 2015 rolled around and that was the day that we decided to go because it didn't have that absurd like um, scary outbreak kind of feel to it. It, it kind of actually looked really messy when we came up on it. Um, but we went out anyway and, you know, I'm, I was a chaser at heart. <laughs> so I, you know, I, there's no way I was missing that. And like we, um, what happened was we were a little late to Rochelle. Um, we, we, we kind of, we left our tar. We were actually sitting in Rochelle for like a solid, like two hours. And then we left it to go to Iowa. Um, which, you know, in retrospect, odd decision, but like we, <laughs> everyone was involved in that. And we, um, so ultimately the, the Rochelle storm popped up. Um, we left Iowa, we, we came back, uh, in, um, toward the Rochelle storm and we ended up probably six to eight miles behind that tornado. Um, so it, it wasn't really like a, a, a huge, um, adrenaline rushing ordeal until we unknowingly just kind of stumbled into the wreckage um, from that EF4, like directly wow. in the heart where, where that grub stakers was. I, I saw things that I really wish I could unsee. Mm. Um, and, you know, that, that whole trip, um, without going into detail, was deeply traumatized by that. Um, so really, really sobering. I... Um, I had just recently shadowed a lot of broadcasters in Chicago and I just wasn't feeling the vibe and I, I'm yeah. really awkward in front of a green screen. So <laughs> like there's that too. But, Cameron, um, when I, when I mentioned the video of the guy in the underpass at the Rochelle tornado, do you know the video I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, if Phil, I don't know if you remember, we had him on, we had the, the video on, I think uh, one point, maybe about a year ago, but that was the calmest dude in history as he watched this massive yeah. EF4 tornado it's crazy. roll like within feet. I mean, it was just in, in, insane. And I can't imagine the destruction it must have done in, in the city. It's yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I remember you guys posting like pictures from you guys trip and I, I campaigned the Ohio state people like, Hey, let's organize a trip like Valparaiso did because that, I mean, it, it was a, that looked like just an unbelievable uh, experience and just the damage. And, you know, I can't even imagine what that was like. Right. Just yeah. kind of walking up on that, you know? But. Yeah. It, it, it's not something I actually just had a chat with um, some students at another school that um, came upon the uh, rolling fork tornado. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, and, and they were, they were just as young, if not younger than we were. And it's just like, you're not prepared. You're not ready to see that. And I think no. like, you asked, like, was there, like, a moment that made that hit, that that, that change in my, like, mentality? And it was that. Like, it, it smacked yeah. me across the face. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you what. It sounds like the train's, uh, train's coming in. So uh, before we go to break, uh, I do have one more question for you. It comes from uh, one of our viewers, uh, Dan Scoff, says, uh, we're going back to the photographs here a little bit. Have you noticed model data smoothing out the elbow or the kink in the low levels? I don't, not quite sure which one he's referring to, but I, I know what you mean. Um, okay. Like, so there's, um, there's a study out there. If you search, uh, photographs of nocturnal tornadoes. Um, and I, I think that's where critical angle comes in. Um, they, I think they look at observed soundings and in, in a lot of, of observed photographs, you get this really fine kink in a photograph. Like it's, it's 90 degrees. Um, and that, that's something that, um, uh, to, to our knowledge, it's really just like a symptom of um, how the boundary layer kind of decouples and separates from the air above that. So you're, you're dealing with like your lowest kilometer of air and then that air above that. They, they have very different properties sometimes. And uh, the photograph can change really suddenly and kind of give that kink. Um, I've noticed models can kind of underdo that kink. Um, but how much it's relevant to um, forecasting and spotting, I can't really tell you. Is there one model that's doing that more often than others that you notice, or, or is it kind of across the board? There's biases. I know RAP and HER can underdo photograph curvature a little bit. Um, there's reasons I'm not going to go into, but and the NAM likes to make bigger photographs. Um, it, it's all... You know, like like when you're when you're forecasting seriously, like you should be comparing the her and the nam and, and the rap and trying to come up with some some in between that you think might happen. Cool. Phil, he's All not right. going into it because he doesn't think we're smart enough. That's what I made that comment about acronyms because, you know, I, I know there's people out there that, that want to know the acronyms. And, we, you know, we just sometimes we get used to it and we throw that stuff out there. And so now he probably thinks I'm stupid, which isn't too far <laughs> from the truth. Uh, but no. on that note, we are going to take a quick break uh, uh, and we're going to come back and talk about something that sounds really smart called Fujiwara. Stay tuned. Uh, don't miss vintage stormfront freaks. This one here, we do we do have a few dents in the new suburban, but my truck, I, that, that hood's a trophy. You might as well put two GoPros on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What it looks like. So I'm like, I'm gonna oh, drive this thing into a tornado, and then they all start laughing. Good. You'll you'll be the only silver one by the end of the night. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. 
The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we are back. Stormfront Freaks Live. We got Cameron Nixon uh, in the house for the first time. You know, it's sad it's taken us two and two episodes, Cameron, to get you on, but we're so yeah. glad to have you on the show. So I, I kind of teased going into break about Fujiwara, and I'll be honest, I, I was talking with Greg before the show a little bit about that, and the, really the first time, and again, I'm the stupid one, so that makes sense, but the first time I had heard of this was this past, uh, I believe it was this past uh, spring, yeah. and you were the one tweeting about it and like show like you were geeking out about it at the same time everybody else on twitter uh was geeking out about it but this was the first time i'd really seen anything like this the the radar was amazing but can you share first off just a little bit what what is what is the fujiwara effect what what's going on with these storms when this is happening and the tornadoes yes yes so <laughs> A lot of what I've been dedicating myself to behind the scenes for the past couple years now, um, I, I haven't been ready to share a lot of this stuff, but um, a lot of the more obvious stuff, like I, I really love um, showing people. But what we're what we're talking about are, are interactions between multiple storms. So a, a supercell is a powerful storm, right? It has a, a rotating updraft. It can be really large. Um, produce all sorts of hazards. So what happens when there's one supercell and then you just put another one right next to it? <laughs> some some crazy things start happening. And what um, what Fujiwara himself found um, back in the day was that two hurricanes uh, in close proximity to another um, can start to influence each other's motions. Um, and that they might kind of start to orbit they might even try to merge or do, do some crazy thing like that once they're, they're decaying. And um, what, so the, the issue is now, we as, as forecasters, we as uh, warning forecasters, and we as storm chasers are a kind of laser focused on our supercell or, or the tornadic storm or like the, the most important storm in the playing field. Um, that we can lose sight of one developing right behind it or, or mm -hmm. right next to it that might start to do some nonlinear kind of chaotic things to it. So once you have two supercells on the playing field, things are not going to go like you think they are. Things are not just going to be this, this easy, you're just you know in the inflow watching the supercell. No, you're going to start to experience these, these deviations. Your supercell is going to start turning right. It's going to start producing really big hail. It's going to start producing tornadoes that might deviate and do weird things. Um, and, and that's basically what we had on that, that day back in April um, near Cole, Ottawa, Shawnee, um, et cetera. And that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that was. Yeah. And the tornadoes were kind of looping around back to the West, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, like, so in, in that case, this is a really specific example, but in that case, like you had, you had this supercell that was producing the tornadoes and then you had another supercell here that was influencing the motion of that tornado. 
So right. the, the tornado left this supercell and tried to get toward that one because it had the stronger pull. It, it wow. was if you look at if you look at velocity. And it was really like a chain of them too, right? Like it wasn't we're not talking one or two storms here. There was I think four or five storms in that chain uh, on that day, wasn't there? Initially there were, but but later on you really you really just had two. Um at, at oh, okay. times. You would you had two instances of two. Right. Cameron, do you think just just from uh, and maybe you're not ready to share this yet, but sure. are models able to predict that? Like, can we? Do, can is there any model with high enough resolution that can pick that up? That can say, "Hey, looks like tomorrow we're gonna have training supercells," or and maybe not, right? But yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, what I, I guess what my general kind of rule of thought here is that the more signal you see in our convective allowing models for more convection to initiate, the more chance you have that storms are gonna interact with each other. Mm. Now on that day, good luck. Uh, I, I think like, <laughs> only, only the her had like one supercell like forecast that day, and right? That's a whole nother ordeal. That's like a boundary layer problem. That's like entrainment. That's all this garbage that I'm not smart enough for, but like, um, when you do have, you know, like an event and say the her and the, the NAM are like consistently printing out like three or four supercells in this one area, um, you can start to say, okay, things might be a little chaotic over here. Not quite sure how this is going to unfold, but <laughs> I remember Phil and I, Phil and I were texting each other that day. We were look, watching that radar and we heard, I think it might've been you or maybe it was Reed or somebody said something about Fujiwara and we looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> okay, is this like the new polar vortex? Like, like yeah. we're just going to start making up words for stuff now. So had you heard of this before? Did you have to look it up? Like what the hell's happening with these two storms? So this People have kind of off and on used Fujiwara to describe supercells. In, in all technicality, Fujiwara was designed as a descriptor of the influence of hurricanes with each other, not supercells. Mm -hmm. Do I admit to using it as a sort of buzzword when it comes to supercell interactions? Yes, I do. <laughs> because I think hey, it, that's it, okay. it's a good word to describe it. Yeah. It's sexy. What are you it's, talking no, it gets about, people man. his attention, you know? Come on. Right. You got to have, you know, the right. polar vortex. You got to have terms like that. Yeah, Phil, right. I've got a new segment for our show uh, right after Weather Fools. We're going to do a let's make up cool uh, terms for stuff. <laughs> sexy good. weather. I, like it. I, I, would, I would lead that. <laughs> Might be another AI segment. That'd be good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but no, and... It, it, it's a, it's an it's a simple way to describe what's going on that also describes something else. Like it, it's a it's a recognizable term if right. you're in academia and can like combine these two. So I, I just I wanted to help bring it to the chasing community. So but when you have you are with galaxies, like then too, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hold up. Three things at once. I heard galaxies and Fu galaxies. Fujiwara with galaxies, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just went down a very deep rabbit hole into the interactions of galaxies, and they actually can do this this little dance. So wow! Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't care about what I'm studying. I, I look at all scales. <laughs> well, and, and if you didn't, if you hadn't gone into meteorology, what would what would you've done? Psychology. Oh yeah. Wow. I, what I, am I, I thinking, I, Cameron? What am I thinking right that now? Quick. That was quick. <laughs> That's ESP. Read my mind. <laughs> that Who's is not are? psychology, Brady. Oh, all right. 
No, I, I, I love studying the behavior of individual um, storms and people and everything in between. I, I think it all kind of ties together. And, and so, so no matter who's been on this show in the last uh, uh, couple of months, we've asked them all the same question. And sure. since you're a smarty pants, we got an El Nino happening. Yeah, uh, 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 we're going to get to pick one week this year to do a, a Stormfront Freaks Chaser vacation. What <laughs> week of 2024 <laughs> would you uh, suggest we go out on the planes like two, three months in advance here? What is what is and the what Cameron, week? we're going to hold you to this. We're yes, just letting you we know are. that we're going to hold you to this. <laughs> wow. uh, let, let's let's do the, the climatological May 22nd through 28th. I think you might see a week. Week, Cam. That is like no. That's close. That is, no, that that. Craig, that's deep. right when we're going. What do you mean? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but, but his answer is his answer is BS, though. He's just self fulfilling prophecy. Just, Come on. He's not even he's not even taking into account El Nino. He's just throwing out the most. <laughs> he's looking world. at the bell curve. Well, he's yeah. just looking so at the top way, of the bell curve. El Nino is, is is responsible for some of the plane's most prolific years. So I am taking that in, into account. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> See, Greg. See, yeah, come on. See, see, Reed. Reed told us. Reed told us beginning of April. You got to go down. (laughs) Beginning of in 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 April, we're going to go down to Dixie. That's what he. he You're asking me something that I do not do for a living. So, (laughs) hey, here's what I do want to ask you though, Cameron. Is what I want to know what you're excited about moving forward. All right, you're you're doing a lot of study and a lot of work, a lot of research. What? Um, because a lot of the work you're doing and the people you work with are, are focused on stuff moving forward. So yeah. what are the things you've seen, whether it's even the stuff you're working on or someone else you know is working on that, that really gets you excited about uh, future, what's going forward? Yeah, so I um, really, really um, happily accepted a job um, working. It's it's adjunct to the Storm Prediction Center. So where I'm, I'm getting paid through OU, um, and I'm working alongside the folks at SPC to help them create products and stuff. Wow. And so one of the, you know, I'll, I'll give a spoiler for this, just because this is what I've I've been trying to do for years is I, I'm trying to help them create kind of a, a analog system. Um, they have one of these already. If you look um, at kind of the, the bottom of soundings, you might see that, that PDS tour, then you might see like all these, these dates that come down. Um, and what, what we're trying to do here, me and a couple other folks, are trying to make something that's um, kind of machine learning related and a little bit more uh, precise um, so that the computer can take into account like every single kink in the, the skew T and the photograph um, and compare that with just thousands of, of past events, um, hail, tornado, wind, etc. cetera. Um, and you can kind of get a, a baseline sense for like, what is the probability of um, tornadoes or, or strong tornadoes on that day. Um, I wow. think that's going to be really important, kind of like a, a more a more faithful analog system because a lot of us pull up that that May third ninety nine sounding and just kind of you know laugh it off. Mm. Um, I don't want something that's that's laughable. I want something that that helps us. <laughs> so so it almost like look for a day that matches the criteria and then say, yeah. hey, this is your closest day. This is your second closest day. Here's what happened on that day or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, if if down the road, I could even see like um, some kind of guide to tell us like what supercells might even look like on this day based on past like analogs of radar reflectivity and other things. There's so much you could do with that. 
Um, mm. So yeah, that, that's exactly what we're going for. That's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. so smart. So are you most excited with the new job that you're going to be double dipping, getting two paychecks? Is that the way I understand it now? I wish. Yeah. But no, um, other than that, though, um, one thing I am really excited kind of more on the short term um, to kind of show people is the study on, on storm interactions that I've been doing. And if you do um, look up uh, Cameron uh, J. Nixon on WordPress um, and, and uh, look up storm interactions, there will be a page there that has stuff like the Fujiwara. It has stuff like cell mergers on it, et cetera. Um, and basically what we're finding is that there's there's so much more um, than meets the eye to these interactions. Like we, we've usually been focused on you know, these big, obvious supercell ramming into another supercell producing a tornado. Well, like, well, duh, that's going to happen. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just it's something that, that, that really jumps out at you. But there's a lot of things that are a lot more subtle um, that most of us are not even considering uh, when it comes to things outside of a supercell that could impact that storm and maybe help it produce tornadoes in a given environment or help it produce hail instead. Um, and so that's that's kind of what we want to uh, kind of eke out is all these really subtle um, things that might even help us uh, kind of target and, and choose which storm out of a group of three you might want to go after. Cameron, last question uh, for you from a forecast standpoint. Yeah. Um, it's a moderate risk day on the plains. It's uh, mid-May. And, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at uh, maybe pivotal weather or something like that. And uh, the, the photographs aren't working. The soundings aren't coming up. You don't get a chance to look at a single sounding. What parameter outside the photographs, what parameter is your go to? Zero to one? Great is it question. the cape? Is it, uh, is it EHI? Like, what is that one parameter that, like, when you're doing your forecasting, you go, ah, oh, yeah, but I can't overlook this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to troll you with this one because I can't really think of anything <laughs> off of my head. We love that. Relative humidity in the lowest three kilometers huh. or so. Um, really? If I want to take wow. a picture of a storm that's going to look pretty, I want it to be dry. Smart. I don't want these, these stupid, saturated, like squeegee kind of soundings. I want something like those those goal posts. I want that like that 10 degree, 15 degree dew point spread. Um, I want a little bit of sin. I want anything that could help kind of carve out the storm structure. And that's that's kind of most important to me. Not even a wind shear parameter. <laughs> wow. That's a good that's answer a from a photographer. That's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a yeah, great yeah, answer. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh. Hey, Cameron, that's the sound. Uh, it's time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions that we uh, get to play with our guests. And, and we always invite uh, those of you watching, uh, even listening, go ahead and play along with us. Uh, but tonight, we're going to play a special game just for you. And uh, we're going to call this one, How Low Can You Go? All right, so uh, what this is going to be is uh, we have got, I'm going to play you some sound clips. <laughs> and, and, and these are some sound clips <laughs> of either some actors or some singers that might have kind of a low voice, uh, similar to uh, what wow. you're gracing us with tonight. And your goal is just to tell me who that was. <laughs> Pretty uh, simple. 
Wow. All right, it's it's pretty simple, but uh, I I always tell the freaks they they can they can chime in and and play along as well and maybe give you some ideas if you look. Bill, for I thought you were going to say like he has to try and go lower than that voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bonus that. point. That's a bonus point. You you would have done that. Okay, yeah. so this is pretty easy. So I'm just going to play these clips, and and your goal is is to tell me who that was. You ready? Well, you're gonna you're gonna see my lack of uh, pop culture. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. This, you got us to is... help you out. Yeah. yeah. Well, not much better. Tim. All right. Here we go. First one. <laughs> oh, okay. oh no. I know it. Oh, Cam. No, your wallet. All of your Cam lifeline. All of your Texas and Oklahoma friends are really gonna be mad at you oh, for this one. You Kona lifeline. Your wallet. What's in your wallet? Need that again? I need help. <laughs> Call, I, I, Cam, I got you. I'm, I'm from already. Canada, and I know this one, Cam. <laughs> I got you, Cam. What do you, Call on me, Lifeline. All right, go ahead. What do you guys think? Bob Marley. Johnny, Johnny Cash. Cash. Johnny Cash. <laughs> Wait. John, you're kidding, right, Brady? <laughs> I'm going to be right back. I'll see you guys later. Please. <laughs> Oh my god, you really thought it was Bob Marley? Oh my god. All right, here's the next one. Here we go. Here we go. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. What do you got? The original Darth Vader. Yeah, that was the hint. Darth Vader, same guy. Yeah, I could have played one like that, but yeah. Do you know? Uh, no, not at all. Oh, that's not fair. This guy's not in our Cameronized generation. So all right. We're not going to know him. Maz, James, Earl. No. Oh, yeah, James Earl Jones. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize these would be so hard. Holy cow. All right. <laughs> Uh, they probably I'm don't get any easier, too, Cameron. I'm I'll tell you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Talk about Cameron. Shaft. Cameron, they never pick any answers from our Shaft. generation. It's always yeah, from theirs. I got no clue. Uh, I was gonna uh, say okay, I'll play it again. I'll play it again. Talk about Shaft. He sings Shaft. Doom, do, do, do. I can see the side of Shaft, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> All right, what? <laughs> Brady, you get a guess. Uh, Bob, Bob Marley? Marley. I have literally no clue. I'm not gonna say a word. Nope. Okay. I'm honestly Who's got just it? waiting for Morgan Freeman or Josh Turner. So, uh, so. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Barry, and I'm like, come on, who was like it? Little Wayne or something? Anybody. You know? Greg, do you it's know? Barry White, Barry White, but I know it's not Barry White. All right. It was Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Okay. Isaac. Isaac. I've never right. heard that name. Next one. He plays, he's the chef in South Park. The voice of chef. Oh. You know, okay. like, what is he? Sweaty yeah. Balls? What? What's that song he <laughs> yeah. sings about? Yeah, he's balls. All right. All right, Cameron. This this one's for you, Cameron. What are you? So full of hate, you just want to go out and fight everybody. Because you've been whipped and chased by hounds. Well, that might not be living, but it's sure as hell ain't dying. Okay, well, Morgan Freeman, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Cameron, Cameron, for bonus points, what movie was that from? You got that one, Brady. <laughs> That's Shawshank. Shawshank. 
I actually, no. yeah, I think. No. Right? no? What? Civil War. What? Oh, that was from Shawshank for sure. Yeah, he was ta- he was talking oh, wow. to uh, Denzel. That was uh, talking to Denzel on that one. All right, here we go. Next one. I've heard people say that. Yeah. Too much of anything is not good for you, baby. All right, what do you got, Cameron? Come on, BW. Come on, BW. Damn. Cameron, they didn't pick anyone under Barry. 40. Okay. Barry. People above 40, that's their only. It, Barry, White. Barry White. Barry it's White. Barry. You got I, it. I can you got read, it. but I can't. All right. Uh, here you go. Here's another one. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. That's your stinking generation, so listen, don't give me and, that and listen, crap I'm anymore. Give you okay. a, Cam, Cam, I'm going to give you a hint on this one. This look at Phil. Look at Phil right now. Look at Phil. <laughs> no. Look no. At Phil right now. Because oh. he literally looks yes. like his twin brother. Play the clip one more oh, time. No. Uh, Vin Diesel? I live my life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. You got that one, baby. I can lie. I thought that. Bald and beautiful. All right, this this spans multiple generations. Oh, that's Ugh. multi-generational, Cameron. Vin Diesel going on this one. Guys, come on. Now that yeah. Brady? That has to be Bob Marley this time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a little birdie. Just wait till we get Elvis. to Bob Marley, right? Oh. <laughs> All right, who's got that one? Help me, please. Anybody? Oh, Elvis. That was Elvis. How, how do you, Cameron? How do you not get Elvis? Oh he's my god. Okay. He's, All right. not over, he's over forty. Cameron's got to start listening to music while he's studying. All right. Okay. Listen, we're 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 back. Going down. Brady, this is your generation. You this you got a shot here. Goodness, Cameron, you got a shot. So do Is this from The Lion King? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's James Earl Jones, though. <laughs> that is James Earl Jones. So, you know, you're playing the same game. Cameron, I'll give you a hint. He's a wizard in this movie. But he, he plays lots of different characters. But in this movie, he was oh, a wizard. It was Lord of the Rings. I don't own a television. so. <laughs> wow. wow. I wish I were you. Hey, you, I'll tell you what, you're, you're going to go into the Jason Frazier Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> Jason Frazier is the meteorologist from Fox Weather that might might have pulled an, an offer in, in the game that we played as well. But uh, I'll give you the buzzer on that. Who, who knows who that actor is? Brady? Gandalf. No, actor, not the character. I don't know his name. I just know no. he's Gandalf. Just say Bob Marley. Bob Marley, great. Yeah, no, it's not. It's Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. All right, I, I'm I'm gonna make you suffer through two more, Cameron. You got two more. Here we go. Here we go. Oh 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 my God. Um. Start again. Not Eilish. Not Eilish. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Wide <laughs> wedding. 
Billy Idol. There wow. you go, baby. There you go. Hey, All right. He's not going over. He's not going over. He's not over. He would not You're be right. in the Hall of Infamy. All right. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, um, uh, oh, shoot. What's the movie? I can't. Wow. Oh, I just, this is like one of the best. Oh, Tombstone. If you haven't seen the movie Tombstone, you might not get this one. Is that with Laura Croft? No. I walk around this town no. and look these people in the eyes just like someone slapping me in the face. These people are afraid to walk down the street, and I'm trying to make money off that like some goddamn vulture. His voice isn't even deep. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know. I was going to say that, too. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, we'll just... We'll just do that because it's probably due. Uh, it was Sam. It was Sam Elliott. I think Sam. Really? Voice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. So that was a pretty <laughs> game uh, that we that we all. That was a bad bad idea on my part. Sorry. No, it was a great I'll, idea, no. Phil. It actually I'll, was a great idea. I'll take the I'll take the blame on that one. Plus, I guess the last person I added didn't really have a deep voice, but I actually yeah, I looked this up on the website, like. Famous deep voices or something stupid yeah. like Sam that. Sam Elliott died up plenty of time to sleep when I'm dead. I haven't heard of half these people. Sam <laughs> Elliott. So he was, uh, gosh, he was Roadhouse. in Blade, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. He was in, again, these um, are probably movies you, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you were still 10 years from being born, probably. Young that, that was my fault. I, I got to relate better to uh, the younger generation <laughs> we tend to have on this show. But, uh, Cameron, do us a favor. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can follow you, and all your great education. Yeah, my, my lack of uh, musical prowess. <laughs> Look on uh, Twitter <laughs> at, uh, at Cameron J. Nixon. I'll be right there. Um, and then if you search uh, Cameron J. Nixon on WordPress, you will find me as well. Honestly, if you search photograph, you'll probably see me come up too. <laughs> wow. Wow. You're coming up That's now a life with goal. the one word. That's <laughs> that is... impressive. For a young guy that can't figure out who Elvis sounds yeah. like, I guess. Well, think about it. To, to have a weather term like "photograph" synonymous with your name—that's pretty unreal. I mean, yeah, I don't know what awesome. weather term they they pick for my name. Probably like, you know, dumb or cat. I don't know. One of the two. Dumb cat. Okay. Okay. On that note, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're gonna take a final break. Uh, but before we do that, don't forget you can check out Helicity.co for all your Stormfront Freaks gear. So Helicity is the dream store of weather stuff for weather geeks. They got t-shirts and drink containers. You can shop our entire Stormfront Freaks catalog of logo merch and Weather Fools t-shirts. Visit Helicity.co, the weather superstore for the freak in you. Tell you what, when we're coming back, we of course got our hashtag Weather Fools, and we're going to be playing some WXAI games. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brett Adair, meteorologist and storm chaser, as well as owner of Live Storms Media. You are listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Welcome back to the Stormfront Freed Podcast. Who am I? I'm Brady. What is this segment? Uh, this is Weather Fools. For those that are a little forgetful or just, you know, haven't been a part of the show or he feels kind of shaking his head because he knows what I'm going to say. 
we as the freaks are going out on the dark web we're going out on the internet maybe chat gpt who knows we're looking for you know photos videos it could be TikToks for those you know the kids out there that are on that fancy TikTok nowadays we are looking for someone or something that did something not so smart and it deals with the weather Greg, I understand you have a couple weather fools this week. Who are your weather fools? Uh, I mean, this this first one, Brady. It's 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 a really quick one. It's just a few seconds. Uh, uh, but this is oh. a guy. This is a guy pulling uh, like a big fifth wheel kind of trailer. Uh, looks like it's in in the mountains, uh, going Ooh. way too fast for uh, road conditions. And he destroys his Look truck and his his trailer. Uh, and and the message here, real simple. Slow down, guys. You know, drive drive to the road conditions. Right? Greg, how many times in snowy conditions have you spun out? Uh, I don't think I've ever. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, we, know how to, we know how to drive in these conditions Jeez, uh, up yeah. here in Canada. <laughs> Five uh, miles an hour. But, but Five honestly, times. Yeah. Honestly, though, you know, it, 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 it's surprising to have a video like this this late in the winter. Usually, you see this back in November. That's you know, true. That first, that first snowfall and that kind of thing. So that's there was a quick one, but I just thought, you know, like drive, drive, drive to the road condition. Now this one's really fun. Uh, this is oh. a, a hill. Uh, in Portland, Oregon, no. uh, they got this incredible ice storm, and the, <laughs> like I wish you guys could hear the audio here because the guy who's shooting this has no uh, empathy at all. He is just giggling at the people as they're trying to look at watch. that person. <laughs> oh, that he hit the back of his head on that one. Oh. He slipped, <laughs> and 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 his cars these, have no control. No control, and and this poor guy who's parked on the road. He just gets keeps getting nailed oh. over and over and over again. <laughs> why? Why would you that that house was for sale like at a deep discount when he bought it in the summer, right? Because he knew in the winter it was. Look at this and woman. The, 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 in the next little clip, as it goes past the house again, Phil, you'll see there's like a whole community of people. Whoa! On the on the the, the front porch, watching the whole scene. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is. <laughs> that person literally does like a ring around the rosy, just like trying to stand up. Oh my gosh. And and listen, gang. If you search Portland ice storm, there are about a thousand of these kind of videos floating around out there. So uh, this isn't the only one for sure. So that's my two, Brady. Wow. Yeah. All right. That, yeah. Go ahead. So Phil. so this one this one I call four, and it's a guy that takes his golf clubs out on a frozen ice uh, lake, but the or the pond, but the pond's not that deep, and he takes the swing of his club to hit the ball, and then he cracks the ice and he falls in. And the funny part is that he falls on his ass to crack the ice and then it's a, like a split second later he falls through. <laughs> like, and I just love that he didn't even hit the ball. <laughs> All right, next one I got is from Luna Light. Christine, who's actually watching tonight. Uh, this one is our good old... Turn around, don't doing? ground. Ugh. And and of course, uh, we just got he, he, here's a flooded road, and everybody stopped. Look look at the police have like a whole line of cars, but this car is like screw it, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna go, and they just plow through. Water's up to their headlights. 
the, the funny thing is that I think they made it through. Nothing, nothing happened. They didn't stall, at least well, at this point. But, that car's uh, for sale, right? Yeah. <laughs> get your car facts. Get your car you, facts. Look, look at all the cars behind, too, and the cops are, like, blocking it. And that guy just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going. I know better than all these people. And yeah. if you watch at the end of this video, I think the cop on this side is actually filming them. Yeah, no, I think it's a storm. I think it might be a storm. I don't know. Is it a, is it a well, chaser funny, or is it a cop? Somebody with flashing lights on. Yeah. yeah, they've, yeah, got yeah, the, yeah. they've got their phone out and they're, and they're recording. Let's see. Is it a cop? It could uh, be a cop. I don't know. It looks like a... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it might be a chaser. That's funny if it was a cop, though. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. All right. The next one I call is Oofta. It's a twister. That's that's my horrible Belgian accent. Um, <laughs> oh my god! But this is from from Belgium, and there's a, a oh guy just you know god. filming a twister right across the street, debris flying oh, all over the place. And uh, yeah, they're just like, oh look at that twister. <laughs> that's you like that? I think that's a Frozen accent, right? One of the like Dutch uh, people from Frozen. I just uh, I, I just got a new weather fool. I just Oof, got a new weather fool. <laughs> Bill, say that weather fool again. He's like, dude, look at that twister. <laughs> that's Oofda. <laughs> yeah. All right, last one I got. I'm calling it Frogger. Oh. This is a guy in Chicago oh. without a t-shirt walking across the lake no. right in front of the Chicago oh. uh, skyline, walking what across the, the ice pancakes. But yeah, he's just walking across these ice pancakes and nothing but a pair of shorts and a stocking cap. What an he's idiot. got gloves on, Phil. He's got oh, sorry. gloves on. <laughs> sorry. He's probably got shoes, too. I think he's got shoes. So I don't know, dude. He's... He seems like one of those barefoot guys, though. They're just like, oh, yeah, you always walk around bare feet. It's really good for your feet. That seems like this kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah. So that's what I got. Wow. Well, Phil and Greg, those are pretty great. Uh, I do have one weatherful before we wrap it up. So... Um, Reed Timmer, who went with us to Mount Washington, while we were there in Mount Washington, he told us uh, a story about how he's on the do not rent list uh, at Hertz. And he, he, he tweeted, it's so funny when Hertz employees try to rent me a car and I tell them I am on the do not rent list. The lost damage waiver is such a ripoff. I'll ride my Dominator bike to the target area. Now, I just I would I would die to be at Hertz when Reed Timmer walks up and he's just like, yeah, I'm probably going to destroy this car. So, you know, just letting you guys know, but I thought that was pretty funny. Good weather fool. I know. Anyway, well, uh, we're going to have all of those weather fools. Go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Look for show 202 in the show notes section. We're going to have all these links and more. Well, this is a fairly new segment for us. Uh, it's well, listen, AI is new uh, right across the board, right? AI is now everywhere. You can write a book with AI. You can let AI tweet for you. Well, we thought, hey, listen, they, they got this new movie coming out, this uh, Twisters 2. And uh, how cool would it be if we could write our own movie script, right, Phil? We thought, hey, let's get AI to help us do it. And you've come up with a system, I think. So that we well, can use AI to, to create this movie script. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a system. It's it's just kind of how uh, AI kind of works. We've used this in the past. We've created some kind of weather mad libs and then had AI come up with some images 
of of the mad libs that we created well so as greg talked about everybody knows the the twister sequel it's called twisters uh right is actually coming out this summer in july uh, i forget the date that it's actually scheduled to come out but it's in july but i thought wouldn't this be neat let's let's all come up with our own characters and we'll have ai come up with uh, a synopsis of what that movie would be like does that sound okay sure so, I'll, so Greg, I'll I'll start with you. Um, wh- wh- what would you what would your care What would you like to be? What would your character like to be in uh, this Twister sequel? What what kind of what kind of a character? Bad guy, good guy. What what no, what are you I, doing? I'm, I'm I'm a non-gender specific, uh, a non-gender specific uh, hodograph expert. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to put a uh, movie sequel with Greg Johnson as a non-gender specific hodograph expert. So you wouldn't be Hodo Daddy, it'd be like Hodo No, I'd be like Hodo person. Hodo, hodo person. person. All right, yeah. Mads, I'm going to jump to you. What, what what kind of character would you like to play in the Twister sequel? Maybe a cross between Dusty mm. um and Rabbit. Ooh. So I don't know exactly. Uh, what would you? What would you? How would you describe those characters as uh, uh, graduate uptight, students? Uptight, uptight but lazy, and uh, maybe drinking some something. Uptight, Ooh. lazy, and drinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, Brady. I'm going to go to you. What what kind of character would you like to be? Well, MJ, I don't know if you could show my screen, but I, I want to be basically the guy who grabs a tree and gets sucked up by the tornado. I want to be the guy that, that th- I want to be this guy. This is actually Reed's picture. I want to be this guy that, you know, is out, gets really close to the storm, probably too close. He's the guy that, you know, they have to sacrifice so you can have a, you know, he's the guy that dies in the tornado. And then everyone's like, you know what? We got to do it for this guy. The sacrificial unnamed dude. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yes. All right, I'm I'm gonna be just to kind of even it out a little bit. Then I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play the character that's the bad, uh, corporate, stuck up, um, Doctor Evil, money hungry, uh, uh, like news producer or something. You know, um, like one of the producers. No, I'm I'm gonna be uh, corporate, stuck up, money hungry. Uh, oh, stuck up uh, weather producer. Yeah. There we go. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So here's what I got. Um, I've got uh, create a synopsis. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and actually share my screen now at this point. Okay. So so here's what I got. Uh, share a synopsis of the Twister movie sequel. Greg Johnson is a non-gender specific photograph expert. Mark Masmasaro, <laughs> graduate student who's uptight, lazy, and drinks. Uh, Bertie Harris is a guy that grabs a tree, gets sucked up by a tornado, and uh, fills the bad corporate stuck-up, money-hungry weather producer. So here we go. Let's see what they come up with. Here's what, what? it's called. The title is uh, Twister Vortex Unleashed. How do you like the title? <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let, let's read this. In Twister Vortex Unleashed, the storm-chasing world is thrust into chaos once again as a new breed of tornadoes, more unpredictable and destructive than ever, 
threatens to wreak havoc across the heartland of America. However, this time, the story follows Greg Johnson, a brilliant non-gender-specific photograph expert, and Mark Masmasaro, an unconventional <laughs> graduate student with a penchant for laziness, drinking, and a sharp wit. Nice. As a seasoned photograph expert, Greg has dedicated their life to understanding the intricate patterns of tornadoes, but this latest wave of storms challenges even their expertise. Greg, you're challenged. So Greg wow. partners with Maz, why I don't know, uh, who's seemingly a laid-back graduate student with a knack for understanding atmospheric anomalies. So that's why. Mm. Despite Maz's casual demeanor, they hold a hidden talent for grasping the complexities of tornado behavior. Wow. Oh, yes. Ah, the team's yeah. dynamic take, uh, the team's dynamics take an unexpected turn when Brady Harris, an adventurous but impulsive thrill seeker, <laughs> becomes the first casualty of the new tornado outbreak. <laughs> Brady attempts a daring maneuver, grabbing onto a tree in the path of an ongoing, oncoming tornado, only to be violently sucked up into the vortex. His disappearance leaves the team shaken and determined to uncover the mysteries behind these unprecedented storms. Shaken, Enter Phil scared. Johnson, a bad corporate and stuck-up money-hungry weather producer who sees the chaos as a golden opportunity for profit. Unbeknownst to the storm-chasing team, Bill manipulates the data and broadcasts misleading information Whoa. to the public, jeopardizing lives for the sake of sensationalism wow. what and ratings. What a d <laughs> So as the team as the team battles uh, thanks, Mass. As the team battles not only the deadly tornadoes, but also the deceptive tactics of Phil Johnson. They must navigate personal conflicts, unearth the secrets behind the storm's newfound intensity, and ultimately confront the corporate greed threatening the lives of those in the storm's path. <laughs> the Twister Vortex Unleashed is a oh. thrilling sequel, combines the elements of suspense, humor, and heart-pounding action as the characters race against time to unravel the mysteries of the storms and expose the true nature of the forces at play. There is a billion-dollar movie right Whoa. there. And script. Yeah. We should sell that to Hollywood right now. Not bad. Not I know. bad. Oh. Not bad. I would, that. Watch, I would watch that movie. I would well, watch that movie. I knew Chad GPT was powerful, but that is incredible. I mean, you gave it like... Yeah. Two like three sentences, and it came up with the movie script that was exactly. So who the plays? Who plays gave. everybody? <laughs> yeah, I, that, it, it's just Ryan, play Ryan, yourself. Ryan, I guess. Ryan I Reynolds. Is <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, Ryan, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did. We do. Who was Maz? Did you come up with a character, uh, uh, an actor from Maz? Yeah. Who did I say was Maz? Who? What, I can't who was remember. the character I had as Maz? I I, I feel like Maz is like a uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins type character, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 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 Yes. yes. Oh. So that was good. That that was good. So yeah, we'll uh that we'll we'll enact that uh, on our, our chase week. Um my character they just have a stuntman do. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even pay him. They would just have a yeah, stuntman. You, do you it. get to come up with a good death scene though, Brady. So that ought to be interesting. <laughs> that ought to be interesting. So hey, on that note, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Live. Uh, do us a favor if you if you like the show, hit that follow or subscribe button, and, and also share it. Share it on your your social media posts. Let let your friends know that uh, it was a great show or you liked it. Uh, it's just one of the best ways that that we get found and people can find us. 
So that's how you can help us out. Um, let's find out, Freaks, how people can find and follow you as well. Greg, I'll, I'll start with you. Don't forget to mention your book. Yeah, uh, so it's uh, uh, Tornado Greg on social media. My website is cameraeasy.ca where I uh, do my uh, teaching, photography teaching. And I have a book coming out in March, or just about four weeks from now, and it's called Camera Canada. Very good. All right, Brady, how about you? Awesome. Uh, you can find me on most uh, social media platforms at Brady Harris WX. And uh, Matt? Post office walls everywhere to you. <laughs> I, I can't believe you got that, Brady. I'm impressed. Maz, I'm telling you right now, you are the funniest guy I know. And I, I'm just telling That's you that wit. right now. Like chat GPT knew that that he had wit, right? That, 100%. That was impressive. Right, right, right. That was impressive. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're muted, Maz. So if you're trying to tell people where to <laughs> where they can find you, it's not going to work very well. Did you mute I'm going to the me? post office tomorrow. I it. I'll blame MJ. I don't know. How did you not? How did you hear that then if I was muted? No, that part we heard, and then all of a sudden you, you were gone. Oh, so okay. Can, gotcha. can people find you actually? Or uh, Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. I'm on X, uh, at MoneyStorm, the number four and the letter U, at MoneyStorm for you. That's very good. You can find me touring with uh, Bob Mob Marley, uh, I think is his name. Is that right? Bob Marley? <laughs> I think Are so. Yes. That, okay. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Uh, uh, but you can find me on, on typically on Twitter at Stormfront Freak is where I do most of my uh, social media stuff. But you can find us on most all social media platforms uh, at Stormfront Freaks uh, with the S at the end. So special thanks tonight to Cameron Nixon. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Cameron. Hodo Daddy. Hodo Daddy. Yep. That's, you can, that's where you can find Brady too. Just search Hodograph. Uh, you'll find, <laughs> find Brady there. So our next episode, so we're bringing another first-timer to you all, uh, TV meteorologist and sci-fi fan Katie Nicolau will be helping us celebrate Women in Science Day. So we'll be doing it all live Thursday, February 15th at a special time. So uh, February 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. She's a morning meteorologist, so we got to kind of shift our timeline up a little bit for her. Um, it'll be on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And then, of course, you can find the audio podcast. will be available that weekend. So for Greg, Brady, Maz, we got MJ, we got uh, Garrett and Angela in the green room. I'm going to signal the all clear. We'll catch you next time. Good night. Peace. Well, you're working on a book too, aren't you? Thank you for tuning in to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You can watch our bi-weekly show live on youtube.com slash stormfrontfreaks and download the audio version on your favorite podcast player. For links to our Patreon team of exclusive benefits, show notes, past shows, new videos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our interactive chaser radar from our friends at zoomradar.com. If you'd like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. X. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.